This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're going to head to Vancouver City Hall because there's a push by two Vancouver City councillors to allow for more events to be held in non-traditional spaces. Tomorrow, a motion will be put forward to council that basically aims at ramping up the licensing that is needed to do this. And one of those councillors is Sarah Kirby-Young. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Hi, Robin. Thanks for having me. First of all, can you give us an example of what you see as a non-traditional venue hosting an event? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This is really about uh, supporting and incubating pop-up style events uh, and artists that are, you know, trying to find their way and give them a platform. So uh, I'll give you an example. When I attended earlier this year, which was in an office tower, actually, in downtown Vancouver, it's called the 100 Amigos Art Show. And so what you had is, you know, office use by day and then the lobby of that office building transformed into a gallery that showcased visual work from 100 local artists. Um, They had live music playing, people gathered, filling out onto the patio, and it wasn't something that you would normally see. Um, after the business district in the office um, area sort of closed down. And so that provided the opportunity to have an event that could really showcase some visual uh, artists that are sort of um, trying to become established. And at the same time, the art display was able to stay and so that tons of people could see it during the day when they were coming to and from work. So that would be one example that would lead to mind of something that I went to this year that was a super creative event in a space that you wouldn't have expected it to be in. Was this a free event or was the business making some money out of it? Uh, no, that was uh, that was put on by a, a local group a company called Opal Projects. It's looking to um, support artists and give them a platform. And so they obviously had a special event license to do it. And um, the artists are able to sell their works and sell the art. And uh, they had the opportunity for people to buy drinks and that support some of the costs of hosting the event. Um, but uh, you also had a great landlord that allowed that space to be used. Let's talk about the motion itself. What needs to change? You talked about licensing. Yeah, so the city of Vancouver has something that's called the Arts Events License Policy. Uh, and about a decade ago, back in 2013, uh, the council and staff of the day looked at this and realized that uh, these type of events were not permitted in Vancouver. So if you want to have a music event in an art gallery or, you know, when a retail store was closed, you want to have a pop-up art exhibit, for example, um, that actually wasn't allowed in the city of Vancouver. And so they did some work and launched a pilot program for about two years um, and changed the bylaw so that those things were possible. Um, but it's very limited, so it only allows for two or three events per month to be held. And what this motion is doing is looking to increase the number of events that can be held monthly so that it provides more opportunity for those events and for those spaces to be utilized um, at times that they traditionally are are not being used. Yeah, it's it's kind of pivoting like what we did in the pandemic. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Actually, if you think of it, we pivoted dramatically with patios because we hadn't allowed those curbside patios before. And um, huge public benefit from that. People loved it. You felt like energy was different in the city, and they sort of said it shouldn't have taken the pandemic to do that. And I think this is similar thinking because um, up to the pandemic and during it, we've lost a lot of art space in the city of Vancouver. Um, so this uh, is a way to sort of be creative and use the space that we have. Could this go beyond the arts community, though? 
Uh, absolutely. I think there's always an opportunity to, to look and be more creative. Um, I think in general, one of the things we're trying to do at city council is make it easier for people to hold events of all types. And so there's a pretty broad range here. This could be album launches, book launches, um, and other things, but yeah, absolutely. I could see nonprofits, for example, that wanting to do pop-up style um, events that might be fundraisers. Um, that would be another great application as well. You mentioned that this was a two-year pilot project. Did it fall by the wayside? What happened there? No, they did it as a pilot before they made it a permanent bylaw, um, and they did make it permanent in 2015, so about eight years ago. Um, but as I said, it was limited and only allowed the up to three events per month. And so we're seeking to really amp that up uh, so that we can have more events and more vibrancy in the city. So it's a bylaw that exists, but it's very restrictive. Right. right. What kind of reluctance do you see behind it, though? Um, I don't see a lot. The response has been really positive. I think that when the idea originally came up uh, a decade ago, there was a lot of consultation done with traditional businesses who um, were concerned, perhaps, if you're a licensed business, that this might impact them. And I think what we've seen is that uh, there weren't any concerns after the two-year pilot, um, and they put it in place. And these are very different kinds of events um, than might be held in a traditional pub or a nightclub, for example. this could be. This is tied to liquor licenses as well for events. Is that an issue? Is that going to be something that you know other members of council might go? Oh no, let's not do this. No, I don't think so. This council has been really supportive. Um, we've got a park board right now that is moving forward with allowing um, drinking in parks, um, treating people like adults. We've, um, as a council, have really supported the pop-up patios. Um, there's plazas now in local neighborhoods. You'll see them again this summer, such as off of. Canby Street or South Granville, that people can go and have a glass of wine outside um, and enjoy a public space in a plaza if they want to do that. Um, and so I think this is really about making a much more fun and vibrant city um, where, you know, there's an opportunity to sort of just be more relaxed and enjoy that outdoor space that we have. Sarah, why are you so passionate about this? Because I think people need some fun. <laughs> We've come through a <laughs> pandemic um, and I think people are ready to get out and get back together. But, uh, you know, we have, I think, the highest concentration of artists per capita. Um, in Vancouver, in the country. And I think that a lot of that art is hidden and it's difficult for people to find. And the, the joy and enthusiasm that you see on people's faces when they get to go and experience these things is phenomenal. So think about something like the Vancouver Mural Festival when they have um, the pop-ups and all the studio, um, the artist studios in the motel at the bottom of Main Street and they transform that space while it's waiting for redevelopment to artist studios and then it was the hub during the mural festival um, in August and people would go down and walk by to listen to some live music enjoy the space outside it just makes for a really fun and really interesting city yeah we should make Vancouver more fun huh <laughs> I think so yeah absolutely well if you've ever been down Granville Street in downtown Vancouver it always it doesn't always feel safe and it sometimes it feels a little bit dirty and these are big reasons that people don't actually go down there and that's hurt business you see a lot of empty storefronts so how do we bring back the vitality of Granville Street now the city is working on an 18 month plan to revitalize this historic part of Vancouver and Vancouver City Councilor Sarah Kirby has been ta- Kirby Young that is has been talking with us today what's the status of of the plan now Sarah uh, City Council recently gave staff direction to proceed and with the green light with the planning exercise for Granville Street. This is for the Granville Entertainment District for the three blocks from Robson to Helmican. 
So really the heart of kind of what we know is the iconic um, entertainment district. And wanted to expedite and move that forward. That'll take place over about 18 months. Originally, it was going to take a number of years. Um, and we didn't feel that we could wait because, as you said, Granville Street needs some reinvigoration and some new energy and some new life to it. Um, but we also took a number of steps, such as saying, while you're doing that planning, we know that we have an incredible shortage of hotel rooms in Vancouver, for example. And so let's, at the same time, take in applications for those because they are a great fit uh, with, the, um, with the area in the neighborhood. And we have a shortage of 10,000 hotel rooms in the city of Vancouver. We've actually lost rooms dramatically. And so that's limiting our ability um, to, in terms of for tourism, in terms of jobs, economic impact and spending. And so really looking to revitalize and reboost the area. Do you think we need new development or do we do or do we fix what's there now? Uh, I think I think absolutely we need both. So uh, we're welcoming new projects. There's some interesting ideas that have been put forward, such as for revitalization of the Hudson's Bay historic um, building downtown, uh, really keeping that heritage facade, but adding office above, which brings new energy and new life and new people into the area, which is always positive and uplifts and, and sort of adds positive eyes and ears on the street. Um, also, a great project proposal for 800 Granville, which would revitalize the historic facades of the existing um, buildings in the Commodore block there, um, as well as improve the facilities of the Commodore ballroom so more music events could be hosted. But that would also similarly add office above, um, bringing a new development and new, uh, new life to the area. Um, one of the other things that uh, we included direction was to look at bringing forth a really bold and exciting design for new public space. In that area in Granville Street, we hear a lot about the shipyards, for example, in North Vancouver and how popular and well-recognized that's become. That's a destination. Um, it's always packed down there. It's got restaurants. It's got a skating rink. but a really great use of outdoor public space. And so we've asked staff to look at options to do something um, bold for kind of a, a brand new, kind of fun, exciting, vibrant space that people could spend time in um, and potentially a pedestrianized Granville Street. What about Nordstrom leaving? What about that building? Yeah, that was a big disappointment, um, and it was interesting that it was actually apparently their highest performing store. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, uh, so that was disappointing, um, but it was a decision, I think, corporately for them to leave Canada and leave the country, and when you're trying to build up the street, it's sad to see a, a large retail anchor like that go. Um, there's some bright spots coming in, such as for the new Cineplex Rec Room, uh, which is going to be an exciting concept where there's entertainment and things to do, which is more family-friendly. So, again, that brings diversity into the area. It's not just nightclubs um, as well as movies. Um, but definitely we want to see um, something um, that brings some energy into the area that goes into that Nordstrom space. Yeah, you know, it was easy to blame the pandemic for a lack of foot traffic down in that area. But Granville Street has not been without its problems before. You talk about the nightclubs. You talk about people who were getting into fights and lots of young people getting drunk. How do you see this differently? Well, I think bringing diverse uses into the area really helps so that it's not just nightclubs, it's places that um, families and different folks want to go. Not everybody wants a nightclub experience anymore. Pubs are becoming more popular. Um, and I would point to, to when we did the Granville Promenade, if you remember that, so we've done that for a couple of summers now, the pop-up event where we shut down Granville Street on the weekends and uh, buses came off it. Uh, it was pedestrian-friendly. Um, the downtown Vancouver group did a fantastic job of programming it. There was a stage, and then you had organizations like the Mural Festival that came in, or Public Disco, and they did takeovers, and there were local entertainers, and it just transformed the area. It felt like a different street. You feel the energy, you saw people, you know, families, and, you know, people walk their dogs, and people, um, you know, on scooters that were just 
enjoying the space outside. And so what I think it Granville needs is a reinvigoration of uh, kind of upgrade new developments and new uses that bring people down to the area. You know, you talked about the fact that this plan could have taken a few years, but now you've whittled it down to 18 months. But developers say, you know, enough with the studying. 18 months is too long. Let's get on with it already. What do you say to that? Well, that's why we also gave staff direction to accept things that we know make sense there. So things like um, expediting and accepting um, an application for the 800 gravel project I mentioned. It includes the uh, revitalization of the Commodore, um, as well as accepting the hotel applications because we have such a shortage of hotel rooms. When you yourself walk down that strip of Granville Street, uh, what do you see? How do you describe it? Um, I think it's I think it's a city that or it's an area of the city that was left to language language because uh, the building heights are restrictive in the area, uh, and so that has precluded some of the new projects like the ones I talked about. Um, and also really an investment in public space is important. So that's an area that people feel um, that is welcoming and inviting and safe and that they want to go to. So it's sad when you see some of the retail vacancies. That everywhere in downtown was hard hit during the pandemic. Granville Street, I think, is the hardest and has the highest vacancy rate. So um, it's just like Gastown. We need to invest in our neighborhoods in order to make them great places to be. If you could pick one priority, though, what would it be? For Granville Street? Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely would. Um, I think. I think it's. Well, I'm going to pick two. <laughs> <I'm gonna> pick <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what? Pro- yeah, go ahead. Pick think, two. Okay. Why don't we do that? I think it's letting some of these projects move forward, but I also really think it's investing in the public realm, right? So it's, you know, it's whether it's having a stage there, it's having seating, it's, uh, you know, whether it's pedestrianizing it, it's just creating a, a great place to be. All right, Sarah Kirby Young. Thanks so much, and good luck with your motion tomorrow. Thanks, Robin.